Welcome back to the Rise of the Rune Lords. It's me, DM Clinton, and I'm here with the Warriors of Light in their far north to the Kodars. On their trail to find Jinshalast, we have Alex playing Aristotle. I'm glad you didn't call me the leader, because that's definitely not what I am. Who is now the leader? And Nathan is Reeton. I want to commit mutiny. And Aiden is Raskin. I second that. Connor is Hugo. I have a feeling we'll have a new party soon anyways. <laughs> yes, when last we left off, the team arrived at Vecker Cabin, where 70 years ago, the Veckers came and established a mining camp here. But uh, the place looks dilapidated and lichen growing on the walls and dying elk whistles in the background many miles away. All right, you're standing outside the cabin. Just right. It's frostbitingly cold. Uh, what do you guys do? There's a tree pine to the south, and it looks like some tailings. Well, I believe when we left off last time, we had heard some uh, pitter-patter of some giant creature to the north. What? I don't recall that. I, I thought that we heard something approaching us. It wasn't a pitter-patter. It was an elk bugle. Yes. Yeah, there, oh, there's like a, okay. Like a dying elk. Yeah, something okay. like that. Okay. Yeah. Good. So we heard a dying elk. Yes. Yes. To the south, you see a dead pine leaning precariously. And then some tailings just to the south as well. And then uh, to the north, you've got some paths leading around. So I, this might be a little out of the question, but I was curious if those dead pines were combustible and if either of our mages could make this cold go away a little bit by starting a big old campfire. If we go inside, we can set a smaller fire and then just use the wood from out here. Yeah. Or we could set the cabin on fire. I could or, do that easily. Or we could use it as a base of operations, like I said last few seconds ago. <laughs> Fine. Does anybody want to explore? I think... I'm actually going to fly up north a bit. Okay. I'm just kind of coasting. There is a doorway just to your south. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, it's cold. I want to go over to the door. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, it's all call out. You know, we got two sets of doors. Okay, cool. Well, we'll go up here. And then I'll coast around to the double doors. Yeah. Uh, Hugo will make it a point to stick with Fraskin if that path is accessible. That's just a, like a, a walked path I'm looking at there, right? Right. That's just a walked path. So it looks like the door that Reeton and Aristotle are at, that door's locked. I wonder if Reeton brought his lockpick. I mean, I have a lockpick, but it may not work very well. Let's try to avoid having to repair the door. Let's go meet up with the rest of the group. Just give it the old belt and knock. Both doors are locked. Okay. The door that Raskin and Hugo are at is also locked. All right. So since I try to just push it open with my snout and since it doesn't go, we're just going to try and bust it open. Hugo's going to take, take a step back before that happens. Okay. All right. Yeah. Does anybody have a uh, any ability to lockpick, whether it's magical or not? I figure no. There doesn't appear to be a lock on the door, but the door must be barred. What about the single door? Was that barred or did it have a lock on it? Uh, it looked like the other one had a lock on it. Okay. Do you want a strength check or an attack roll? A strength check or an attack roll would be appropriate. Try to give it one solid shove. 
If not, I'll start ripping at it. Oof. 13. 13. That's just enough to break it open as these very... Yeah, it's uh, badly rusted, so it breaks off the bar, breaks and uh, break open the door. Uh-oh. Pretty easy, and you see a small room. Within this room has a steeply sloping roof, and within are the dusty remains of a once thriving mining enterprise. The rotten remnants of wheelbarrows, shovels, picks, ore sacks, plates for panning, and sluices for separating placer deposits are stacked in a jumble. These are all covered in a thick layer of frost and have deteriorated to the point of uselessness. Well, that sucks. Mm -hmm. And you see a, uh, it's like a 20 by 10 foot room. Is it warmer in here? No. And in fact, it's about time to make a new save as everyone takes one die six points of damage. One die six? One point. Everyone takes a point. Now, if you fail your fortitude save, DC 16, you will take a die six non-lethal. 25. Aristotle got a 19. 18. I rolled three. Uh-huh. And then Hugo? Hugo's enduring elements right now. Do you uh-huh. need one from him? No. He falls into the snow, and he starts making snow angels, but when he goes to get up, it's got, like, tentacles coming out of it. How, how did that happen? Yeah, that's strange. All right. Uh, is there a door here? No, there is not. Oh, well. Looks like this was just an external storage area. Well, we got to go to the other door. Mm-hmm. I'll move down there, and I will, I guess, do a strength check to see if I can open this door. Okay. 18? Nope. That's not enough to break it. Yeah, oh. this this lock is corroded, but still strong. Hey, Veraskin, you want to come over here and help me with this, and I will rage and see what we can do? Here, you assist me first. Okay. And if we can't do it, then rage. Rolling for assist, 20. <laughs> and I got a 12. Can we swap that around? No. (laughs) So 14 is not enough to uh, break the rock. Would 22 be enough? No. Oh. Um. Boom. A clump of snow hits Aristotle in the face as it falls from the roof. Damn it, guys. It's cold. Is it like a padlock or is it just like like a bolt? Yeah, a deadbolt. Okay, I gotcha. Is it a wooden door? It is a wooden door. But the door is sturdily made. Sturdily made. All right. Hugo can offer up a crowbar to the cause. Oh, that would actually help out a lot. Yeah. Plus two is better than nothing. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'll let's let's see what I can do. I'll rage. Another strength check. And then Vraskin's going to assist. Yep. Okay. So that's 27 for me with the crowbar. Okay. The door breaks open. Perfect. And that's I got two rounds of being fatigued. Okay. That's okay. And I'll go in. Yay. All right. Uh, This room has a bare plank floor. A wide double door stands to the east, and next to it, a shabby curtain closes off another opening. The room's dry boards still appear to be stout, having successfully remained sealed from the elements over the years. Is that door locked, uh, Hugo? The doors to the east are not locked. Oh, they are are locked, but they're not corroded. Uh, Yes, reason the doors are locked. Thanks. There's a curtain down here. You can see it being all raggedy. Interesting. Are the curtains locked? The curtains are not locked. Is there a window or anything? There are no windows in this room. Okay. Uh, do you want to try to open that door? I'm fatigued right now, Raskin. Sure. Does anyone want to move the curtain aside? <sighs> I will move the curtain aside. Oh, hey. A tiny room. Yep. A very tiny room. Beyond the curtain is a small barren chamber. 
A wooden frame cot rests against the far wall with a rough straw tick mattress and a threadbare blanket. A pair of old work boots crusted with the dried remains of old mud sits under the cot. Since no one's declared it, Aristotle's going to close the door just to make sure. Maybe it'll help with the breeze. Reeton, are you going to search that room? Yeah, sure. Why, right. why not? I'll find the, the monstrosity that's in here. You start looking around. Okay. As the other team begins to work on the door. You find a, a dagger in a boot. A dagger and a boot or a dagger in a boot? A dagger hidden in a, a punching dagger hidden in the left boot. And you see a slight discoloration on it. I can't detect magic or anything. I don't think you can. Slight discoloration, you say? On the blade, yep. Oh, interesting. I found a punching dagger. That's what it says here on the tag. Hugo will throw up a detect magic at that. Oh, it does detect. There is definitely magical auras. Let's focus for a little bit. What's it say? As the rest of the team is trying to break open, right? Oh, the rest of the Vraskin. All right, Vraskin, you break the door. Strength check 26. Yep, that's enough. Blast it open with my snout. So I'm still in dragon form at the moment. And it's very cold in here, too. It's There's no heat sources. So in a few more rounds, we're going to do another check. All right, Hugo, your uh, second round, number of different magical auras. Well, of course, Reeton has a bunch of magical auras, but the, the dagger is magical. All right. And the power of the most potent aura. Oh, that's something on Reeton. Definitely strongest there. I'll hand you the dagger, or I'll drop the dagger on the ground. I'll, yeah, just hold it out. I'll pick it up. Okay. Okay. It looks pretty strong. Strong magic. Good find, Reeton. Does anybody use a dagger like this? Punch dagger? I think Aristotle has a dagger, right? Yeah, I don't like to use it. I've never had to pull it out. And you use daggers, right, Hugo? When I need to. Everybody can use them. It's a medium dagger, so it's one die four, and it does times three crits. Ooh. Got a 39 on a spellcraft. Is there anything identifiable about the magic on it? Yes, that is a plus three punching dagger. Ooh. Plus three punching dagger. Eh? Nice. Eh? Aristotle will hold his hand out. Might as well have a backup. You want me to test out, see how much it work, how well it works, Aristotle? Why would he ever say yes to that? Yeah. <laughs> Sold to the blinky man with the blurry eyes. They're kind of red, too. All right, now you're moving into the ore separation room as Reeton and Raskin move in. I see another set of doors. Yes, the air in this long-sealed chamber is putrid. The back wall is the solid rock of the cliff face. A ramp rises from the western door to a height of five feet, which is the elevation of the rest of the plank floor. That's what that red arrow on the floor is. Uh-huh. Mounds of dust and rocky debris clutter the floor while rusty mechanical equipment, large copper tanks, and several rock crushing and chipping tools sits upon the sagging wooden tables. The handle of a shovel sticks up from a debris pile immediately below this aperture. Two pairs of elbow-length thick leather gloves stained from long use hang from hooks beside the north doors. This really is abandoned. It's kind of wild. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. We haven't had to fight any skeleton men yet. No, right. 25 to blast open this next door. Alright. As you move towards that door, just rolling some dice here. Uh-oh. Oh, no trap. Guys, I did the thing. I'm sorry. Alright. Everyone seems to perceive a shadowy image of a dwarf in the corner here. Yeah, back here, next to Reeton. Hi. A shadowy form shifts and moves in the room's corner. The shadows fade, and you see a dwarf with a long brown beard, bald head. His beard is split into two tails with golden bands on the braids. 
and he's he's squatting in the southeast corner of the room, his back to the doors, and he scoops a handful of gold dust from the ground near the chute. He turns around, and you see he's got no eyes. And gold dust is thick in his beard and dripping in slobbery strings from his lips. He says, you, you have to try this. It's so delicious. As he says this, he stuffs another handful of gold dust in his mouth and swallows. Everyone must make a will save. Okay. As the haunt takes place in the surprise round. Is this a mind-affecting effect? It is. I rolled a 22 on my willpower, which I have to say is really good for it's me. It's good. It's not as good as Aristotle's 34, though. That's, no. that's right. Not as bad as Braskin's 16. <laughs> Hugo got a 25. He might be okay after all. Yeah, he's going to be okay. So the DC was DC 19. Uh, yep, Braskin failed. Okay, Braskin, you have a compulsion to scoop up and eat a handful of the arsenic-tainted dirt on the room's floor. Okay. Okay, so you go over and you start to eat it. Yeah, I'm just going to stick my snout in there and just start going to town. Make a fortitude save. That I might be able to do. Nice. 33. Okay, you're fine. You can eat arsenic just fine. (laughs) (laughs) I am literally a black dragon at the moment. Acid. It just burns in my mouth before it gets anywhere. It's fine. Right. So the dwarf watches you. You, as the haunted character, see this dwarf suddenly shrink in on himself, growing emaciated, and then fly apart in a red explosion of bite-sized morsels of flesh and bone. An instant later, he's gone. But was that only Vraskin, or did everyone see him disappear like that? Only Vraskin got to see him. To everyone else, he just fades away. Oh, okay. Well, that was horrifying. And then you realize what you've been doing. <laughs> you spit out this sooty dirt. There's no gold here. Yeah, you were really going to town there for a minute, bud. <laughs> yeah. What happened to the pile of gold? What pile of gold? I, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Yeah, you just lifted up some dirt and ate it. And I think I think it might be poisoned, but I'm not sure. Can't really tell. And you know it's not better if it is gold, right? Like, do we need to explain that to you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Reeton, you can always find out if it's poison or not. I have a 15 uh, fortitude save. I could probably make it, but no. <laughs> Look, the, the problem, one of the issues with this curse is that as it exists longer and longer, I start to manifest more traits of dragons, including lust for gold. Sorry, dude, that wasn't gold. Yeah, it was dirt and yes, arsenic. Well, I'm aware of that now. Yeah. Oh, what a terrible night to have a curse. <laughs> <laughs> You should uh, you should try to open that door up there. Yeah. Yep. All right. No more eating dirt, guys. The door is openable and unlocked. Do you continue to open it? Yes. Time to go home, guys. We made it to the only unlocked door so far. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The wooden walls of this musty shaft abut the natural stone of the cliff face to the east. A sturdy-looking wooden stair and rail starts at the bottom of the shaft and encircles up into the heights running clockwise. Above, its passage is lost in the gloom, like the musty interior of an ancient silo. A thick length of chain hangs from down the shaft in loops, links swaying and clanking softly to the periodic gust of wind that penetrates the walls. No windows pierce the wooden walls. Propped up against the east wall, Near the door is an upended wheelbarrow. 
This place reminds me of Foxy Glove's, like, castle he had. You were there, Braskin, kinda. I just don't, I don't like the, the look of this. I don't remember the manner whatsoever. You were there, te- technically. He was taking care of you. So anyway, we should go up these stairs. The chains are in this area right here, at the center of the shaft. Okay. All right, go ahead and move in. All right. Uh, is it possible to fly straight up the shaft? Of course. Okay. Then I would like to do so. And then, Reeton, what are you going to do? I'm going to walk up the stairs. You're going to walk up the stairs, okay. What type of reflex save am I going to make? And then finally, when you get to the top, there you go. Reeton can continue to move. And then the other guys, what are you guys doing down there? Aristotle hasn't activated any sort of magical flying yet. I don't think there's any reason to right now. So he's okay. not. He'll just walk up the stairs. Hugo's going to be doing much the same. You're behind him. Okay, there you guys go. Okay. And then, Braskin... As he comes up and over the railing, let's see. No windows open into this dark plummeting shaft. A heavy winch bolted to the balcony supports a rusty chain that runs up through a pulley mounted in the roof of the shaft and from which hangs a heavy iron bucket. Heavy wooden chocks have been nailed to the floor at the edge of the balcony and the front wheel of a wheelbarrow rests against them. And you guys are going up. And as you approach the last... Uh, what do you do? Just wait there, Braskin? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll land, you know, hesitantly, because I am kind of worried this thing will give out. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a trap. Like, 99% sure it's a trap. Yeah, so I'll rest. Gently settle down on the top floor. Okay, and as Reeton comes up, let's see what he notices. Come on, perception check. That's right, perception checks all around. Right at the top of the stair, right before the landing, Reeton, you notice that one of the stairs looks a little off kilter. Oh, looks like a uh, like if we step on that stair, something might happen. Yes. Yeah, I'll I'll tell my team. Hey guys, it looks like there seems to be a trap here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use my acrobatics to just jump up okay. here. That would be C- DC 15. 26. Okay, you just jump right over. Whoop. Yep. Can I just pick up Hugo and Aristotle and then just carry them over? Uh, before Reeton, he just jumps, and you're about ready to do that. However, the chains begin to move. Oh, boy. Here we go. I want everyone to roll initiative. You've pissed off the stairwell, guys. Oh, this is new. I rolled a 12. Got a 19. Hey. Hugo's looking at a 25. Aristotle's 13. And you can cast haste before we go. Mm-hmm. Damn. Ah, it's a chain golem. Quick, kill it. So the haunted chain. Let's see. Hugo goes first. Vraskin is next with a 19. Aristotle got a 13. Reeton got a 12. And the haunted chain got a 4. It is round one. Uh, guys, the the chain's coming alive. What do we do? What do we do? Hugo will take a five-foot step and draw his newly enchanted dagger. And he's going to huck it at it and see what happens. And then uh, recall it before it can tumble too far down. Okay. Not too good. Does a 17 hit? No. Uh, five foot step, swift action, recall, turnover. Qu- question, question. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is he flanking? Um, it is a large chain. If uh, Vraskin was in this space, he would be. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Hugo is done. Vraskin. Alrighty. My jaw is going to drop open, and Aristotle is about to get a haircut because there's about to be a line of acid blasting over his head. Okay. Make me a reflex save. 
to be clear, I'm outside of the range of that because I'm below, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. It's going to splash above your head, yeah. Yes. Uh, the Haunted Chain got a 15. Okay, that is going to fail. Uh, so that is 68 points of acid damage. Acid damage. Okay. Yeah. Looks like you did damage, so 68 points. Yeah, it looks like you destroyed it with your single blast. Wow. That was easy. And it just melts and falls and clangs with a crash bang. Guys, I'm glad we decided to adventure with a dragon. That is 3,200 experience for the Haunted Chain. It's 800 each. Yep. All right. Hugo, you see that step. That's all caterwampus. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to move. I'm going to move out of the way so you can try to jump over. And a one, and a two, and a uh, 25. Oh, yeah. For being um, blind, you're pretty graceful. Okay, Aristotle. I'm not really the acrobatic type. If you stay there for a second, I can grab you. Okay. Yeah, if you want to pick me up, that's cool. I'll fly over, grab him by the scruff of his collar like a mama (laughs) cat with her kitten, and just fly him across. (laughs) Okay. All right, looks to be there's one door out of this room. Does it appear to be locked? Uh, It does not. I will open the trap. You spring the trap... It is a non-trap trap. Oh, yay. You see a short hallway that uh, looks like it moves northward. There's a small curtain drawing across right after a doorway to the south. I guess I'll go up there. Turn the corner and you see another passageway moving up, looking like it opens up into a further room about 15 feet away. And there's two doors on the left wall. I would like to move the curtain. Okay. Yeah, see if there's anything in here. This is little coat room. See if there's another dagger in a boot or something. Right. Uh, this tiny chamber is stuffy and lightless. Heavy blankets hang as curtains across two archways. I think there's another curtain here. A wooden bench rests against the south wall, under which is arrayed an assortment of shabby footgear. Above it is a row of hooks, a number of which hold rusty garments, or dusty garments. Any leftover cold weather gear or anything by chance? Well, what's this wand of endure elements? The... Concealed beneath the raincoats, the various garments include oiled leather raincoats, fur-lined winter coats, and mud-stained dungarees and coveralls, proportioned for a dwarf, and are largely ruined from moths and dry rot. You do discover that there is a earthbreaker of masterwork quality leaning against the wall underneath the raincoats. Oh, shit. Master earthbreaker. Those things are pretty cool. Earthbreakers are giant meat tenderizers. Is that also sized for a dwarf? Well, dwarves are medium-sized, but they're proportioned for dwarves. Uh, this one, it looks like it's uh, made by the Shawanti, because it's got Shawanti glyphs on it. I love the Shawanti. Hugo's going to do a couple seconds of finger-wiggling and detect magic on it after Reedan hands it to me. Okay. Yeah. It is a... Do you have a check? It's, again, another strong yeah, 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 magical yeah. weapon. A 34 in this spellcraft. That is a plus two construct bane. Earthbreaker. Oh. Uh, Braskin awesome. Reeton, this is a very good item. I mean, that's good, but I still have. I When I'm raging, I'm at plus five now. Well, right. Vraskin, can you use a Earthbreaker while you're a dragon? No. Reeton, do you want to put this on your bag? Yeah, I'll hold on to it. How much does it weigh? 14 oh. pounds. Oh, psh. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, two die six points of damage times three critical. I have a question. Mm hmm. Is there like a significant amount of that mothed up clothing? There was maybe a a half dozen. There's also six pairs of dried and cracked leather boots of various types, all sized for dwarves. 
They include everything from rough-soled climbing boots to hep waders for panning gold, cold mountain streams. That's underneath a bench. This sounds like enough material that I could probably make some cold weather clothing for three of us. Yes, three of you. Do, do it. Well, how long would it take? It would take a while. Because it says instantaneous. Oh, well... Okay, so another minute's passed. Everyone's going to take uh, one die six that is not protected from the cold. Four points of lethal, and then fortitude saves. DC 17. Aristotle got a 28. Okay. Ritten got a 20. Raskin got a 22. All right. No non-lethal damage. So while the Earthbreaker exchange and the possible fabrication are going on, I'm going to pop open this next door right here. I'll stick behind Raskin so he's not too far ahead. You're also looking at the living area to the north as you turn. Yeah, it looks like there's a window or something right there. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can see outside. There's also a couple other doors we haven't opened. There's one to the south and one to the north in front of me. Just peeking around. Okay. So first, Raskin, this room is obviously doubled as the main living quarters and kitchen for the inhabitants of the cabin. A stone hearth and chimney occupy the southeast corner with an iron hook holding a cauldron above the grate. The rest of the room is in a horrific state. Firewood, cooking utensils, pots and pans, and even the furniture lie in scattered heaps. A painting of two dour-looking dwarves standing in front of enormous elk hangs askew on the northern wall. Ancient bloodstains mar the walls and floor and bits of overturned furniture here and there, but there are no bodies. That is this space here. That opening in front of me is that a window or a door just a hole that is a window but it's got shutters on it okay and then there's a what looks to be a curtain here okay i I think well there's a door next to me so i'm gonna open it that door to the left okay yes all right it's a very small room i'll shamble inside looks like another storage closet this chamber contains heavy shelving and still holds the detritus and debris accumulated over decades of habitation. All manner of odds and ends for the maintenance and upkeep of the cabin and the mining venture can be found herein under a thick layer of dust and ancient rodent droppings. There's nothing of particular value, but, you know, there's like snowshoes, tin boxes, and other kinds of things. Probably enough material to make your clothing, for sure. Uh, I wanted to make sure, since I'm going to be using a fifth level spell, Aristotle is not going to be blinking for this, so he's going to use a standard action and turn off his ring. Aristotle casts Fabricate on the various materials. Mm -hmm. So you're creating three... Three sets of cold weather clothing, yes. You got it. All right. And it says that uh, just so everyone is on the same page, you convert material of one sort into a product that is of the same material, and I'll be using the furs and whatnot to create cold weather clothing. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and they're all shaped for the appropriate sizes, and it is complete. Here, guys, put these on. I'm going to grab Hugo's and, be, and try to get into it. Okay, so now you're all protected, and you don't. I don't have to check. Well, at the moment, I'm actually not. You're a dragon. Oh. I'm, I'm polymorphed at the moment. Ah. I can't put on human clothes. Okay, so you're still going to take damage. Okay. Yes. And uh, cold weather clothing is once per hour, so we still have to do checks, but uh-huh. it's going to be a lot less frequent. Uh, I do have a question, though, Aristotle. Can you make dragon clothes? <laughs> Cold weather barding? That might be a thing. He'll be fine. Actually, I don't know if it is a thing. All right. There is a door to the south. Aristotle, do you open it? I don't want to open it. You don't. I'll okay. open it. I'm going to push you out of the way, and then I will open it. Okay. Oh, that's why it's so cold in here. Look, there's a door open to the outside. I think that's a window. It's another shuttered window, yeah. Oh, okay. This is a bunk room. 
A large, worn elk hide is spread across the floor of this bunk room. Another old, moth-eaten hide covers the entry into a small closet. A window looks out to the south. A crack runs through the thick panes of the southern window. A set of rough-made bunk beds stands against the north wall next to the door, an old coat with holes in its elbows hanging from one post. The bunks themselves have flat straw mattresses and layers of heavy blankets piled at their feet. An old metal coal box rests on one for use as a foot warmer. A rack on the west wall holds a crossbow, two axes, and a light wooden shield. Beneath it is a large leather chest. A hooded lantern hangs unlit from a rafter. Okay, Reeton moves down a little bit. Now let's do perception checks. Uh, anybody else want to enter the room? I'll step back out in the hallway and keep overwatch. Okay, Aristotle? Uh, sure, Aristotle will step inside now it seems safe. Okay. Reeton, you notice that one of the unoccupied pegs of the weapon rack has a slot underneath it in the wall. Something strange about that. Almost like the peg's a lever. I am going to pull the lever. That might be a lever. You pull the lever, it pulls downward and clicks. I just killed us all. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for the warning, asshole. <laughs> so we heard a click. Did we hear anything else happen? No. Perfect. The curtained area to the south here is an old privy with a wooden bench and an old rusty bucket. Hanging from a small hook are a number of torn papers. I am going to let Hugo do all of the the spellcraft checks that he wants right now before we do anything else. He doesn't detect anything magical so far. Not in this room. I use that 33 spellcraft on Reeton and I find him to be very enchanting. Thank you. Yes, very. Charm. You said there was a chest as well? There was a chest underneath. Uh Uh-huh. The leather trunk holds only mundane articles of rough clothing, a few grooming items, and various small trinkets of Shawanti manufacture. What? Dwarves were here. Why do we have grooming items? It's heathens. They, not all dwarves are barbarians. Oh, all dwarves should be barbarians. The weapons and, and shield are warped and useless. All right, so we got nothing except for that lever that I clicked. Hanging from a small hook in the privy are a number of torn papers. I will collect the torn papers. Oh, uh, they turn out to be broadsheets from Corvosa dated about 70 years ago. You assume that uh, they use those that paper for other purposes. I'm going to put the paper back down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What better use for Corvosa broadsheets, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay, so we got some windows in here. Mm-hmm. There's another door I wanted to open right here. Or is that a door or a curtain? It's a curtain. Uh, it's a doorway, oh, okay. actually. It's a doorway. No, it's a curtain. I'm so sorry. It's just a curtain. Strength check the curtain. You move it. 25 strength check. All right. So you see an entryway. A simple chamber has a worn hide rug covered with muddy stains before the door next to a rickety chair. Thick blanket covers the opening to the south. And then this door here has a worn hide rug with muddy stains on the floor. I'm going to open this door out to the hallway. No, there's no door there. Okay, then I'm going to move over here. Is there another door to my east? There is, and that door is locked. and has brackets for a bar, but no bar is present. Well, shucks, I already used my 25 strength check. I rolled another 25 (laughs) strength check. (laughs) Okay, you break the door open. I would like to think that I just grabbed it by both sides and just lifted it up. Yes, 
through to the side. That's what happened. It's now off its hinges, and it's just a, an archway opening leading to the outside where the snow and cold blasts in. It's been about a minute, so those that are not protected are going to take another die six. Which is just me. One point of lethal. Then 21 fortitude. All right, that's DC 18 and success. And then you can see the front porch to the east. I will take the door and set it back in the in the archway. It is just leaning and askew. Perfect. All right. Next. Well, let's check out this area first before we go out and run around. Well, there's that living area you need to enter. Yep. Let's see what we got here. All right, Vraskin and Reeton, Hugo and Aristotle. All of you notice that you experience subtle twinges of hunger. And without much more warning, those twinges erupt into full-blown pangs of painful starvation and unholy urges to feast upon your companions. So nothing's new. <laughs> Actually, I want wisdom checks for all, all uh, for Hugo, Vraskin, and Reeton. Wisdom checks or uh, will saves? Will. Wisdom checks. I feel left out. Oh. It's because you're not in the room. I rolled an 11. I got a 10. I got a natural 20 for a 21. Wow. Hugo. Okay, so this is, uh, the wisdom check is to notice sudden twinges of unnatural hunger. And because uh, Reeton and Vraskin, you didn't react fast enough. But Hugo, you are reacting fast enough that you can roll initiative. Oh, shit. And if you beat a 10 on the initiative check, you can act before the haunt. I can't fail this, so I will act before the haunt. I got a 19. You have a plus 10 to initiative? Mm-hmm. Improved initiative, baby. Wow. Got to cast first. If I'm going to turn somebody off turn one, I got to do it with panache. Okay. Since this is a haunt, what do you think you could do to try to stop it? You can if you try. My gut reaction is dispel magic and do a targeted dispel, but I'm not sure if that's a legal target. Uh, no, uh, dispel magic will not work. It's. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you a knowledge religion to know about how to stop a haunt. Hester tells me about starting haunts. Let's see what he could tell me about stopping haunts. I got a 32 knowledge religion. <laughs> okay. All right. You know everything about haunts. Essentially, what you can do is on the surprise round in which a haunt manifests, positive energy applied to the haunt via channeled energy, cure spells, and the like can damage the haunt's hit points. A haunt never gains a will save to lessen the damage done by such effects, and attacks that require a successful attack roll to work must strike AC 10 in order to affect the haunt and not merely the physical structure it inhabits. If you reduce it to zero hit points by positive energy, it is neutralized. I didn't know this is a thing. I'm going to pull out the uber-charged wand and use that. you It's a surprise round. You only have a single action. Ha ha ha. However, I have a magical item called the Sandals of something. Hold on. Let, let me get the details on that. <laughs> sandals of something? No. <laughs> I have a magical item, and what it does... The the magical item of fuck you, Clinton, I do what I want. No, the sandals of quick reaction. These supple leather sandals grant a burst of speed during times of duress. And when the wearer acts during a surprise round, he can take a standard and a move action during the surprise round. If you'd allow Ooh. it. I, I understand this isn't really combat. I do. I, no, this is perfect. So... I, I noticed Reeton and Vraskin start kind of getting, like, gaunt around the cheeks, and I, I, I feel that, that stomach pain that I've mm -hmm. felt too many times before. And I, I, I take off and on my ring of sustenance. Is, is this thing working? 
I don't actually do that because that's two move actions. Um, I, I'm going to draw the wand, activate mm-hmm. the wand, and I'm going to blast in the room. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have to make an attack. AC 10. I got a 20. Okay, you successfully touched the haunt. Now do your healing damage. 10 points. It does damage the haunt, but it's not enough to disable it. I'll take a five-foot step and then end my turn. Oh, okay. Stepping out of the room. All right, so when the hunger pangs strike, all characters in the room, including Hugo, must make a DC 20 fortitude save to resist taking 10 die six points of non-lethal starvation damage from the sudden phantom hunger. <laughs> I rolled a natural one. You fail. Next. Hugo got a 33. Vraskin. Uh, Vraskin got a 27. Okay, so the other two resist. Okay, so Reeton takes 10 die six. Reedon, did you ever finish eating that book? You look absolutely famished. <laughs> 39 points of non-lethal damage. If you are knocked out, which you are not. No. Accompanying the ravenous sensation is the conviction that only the flesh of the other PCs can sate the hunger. Any character who took starvation damage must then make a DC 20 will save to resist taking 2 dice 6 points of wisdom drain as the cannibal urgings overwhelm you and drive you to the brink of madness. Stop looking at me like that, bugbear. Holy crap, I got a 24. You succeed. That could have been nasty. I'm so happy. You resist the urges. Okay. As you can see from outside, uh, can anyone see outside? Yeah, you guys can see outside from this open, partially shuttered window. You can see that the snow is increasing, getting thicker. It's starting to rain, and there's a black maga. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We are done with that. There's a door to the left of Raskin. Is that it? It's over? And it's over, yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it a second. If nothing happens, then I'll pop open the door next to me. Okay. The door opens, and you see a larder. This bare-floored room has a series of iron hooks suspended from the rafters. The window in the far wall looks out over the edge of the cliff and, unlike others in the cabin, has no glass or shutters only a tight lattice of iron bars. Against the far wall sits a four-foot-tall mound of bones. Dwarven bones, by the look of them. Anyway, is there anything uh, in there that might be useful for asking, you see? Like sword, shields? Corpses. I mean, yeah, we could use those if we had a necromancer. You're looking at the bones? Yes. Okay, I need a DC-20 heal check. Heal check. I don't think Braskin is very well trained. I have a negative two on my heel, so uh, I got a 15. (laughs) All right, Braskin, let's see if you can do a perception check. Let's see here. I'm just going to roll for you. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Well, you look and you see... I need to look at your character sheet. I need to look at your equipment. Yeah. You recognize your ring of spell storing on one of the fingers. It is your ring. You are convinced that the Nod Bones are in fact your own. An instant later, you are surrounded by a whirling storm of shadowy forms as the ghosts of the cannibalized dead attempt to add you to their number. So you are caught by surprise. Good. And what will happen is uh, you hear the rising whispers and slobbering grunts of the angry dead as they, as you, well, to observers, all the other players, the haunt, you, the haunted character, suddenly begins thrashing wildly, as if dozens of invisible hands were tugging and pushing you about the room. At the same time, bloody wounds from invisible teeth appear across the victim's body. 
The haunted character, you, Raskin, perceives that you have suddenly been surrounded by a dozen emaciated but fantastically strong dwarves, all of whom are attempting to eat you alive. The ghosts make 10 attack rolls against you at a plus 15 bonus, and you are flat-footed. Okay. That's an AC 21. Nope. You're looking for 28. 28. Okay. Flat-footed? Damn. Okay, so that's five hits, half of them. Okay, so the damage is two dice six plus seven points of damage and threatens a crit on 19 and 20. Did I roll any 19s or 20s? You roll one. one 19. Yeah. All right, so I will do another attack. Missed with an 18. Okay, so two dice six plus seven. 10 dice six plus 35 or 76 points of damage as you are ripped asunder by cannibalistic dwarf ghosts. Huh. Goddamn dwarves. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Okay, that ends the haunt. Yeah, I remember when uh when we were in Foxy G's place, I got haunted for a second, and uh I started hating women for a bit. Anybody remember that? Oh, it's because of the haunt, huh? Yeah, yeah. I was like, women can't vote. It was uh, it's good times. <laughs> <laughs> Reeton, in your misogynistic rage recollections, you notice that there's a secret door here. I wonder if that was a lever I clicked. So this is the strong room. Seven large burlap sacks sit against the northern wall of the small room, while to the west sits a small desk and chair. A leather-bound ledger lies atop the desk. I'm going to take all the burlap sacks and put them out in this room for the mages to go through in case there's anything magical. Okay. And then I'm going to go through the desk. Yeah. Apparently that lever you pulled must have opened this door because it appears like it's a lockable door. Perfect. The ledger on the desk, is that what you were interested in? Yes, of course. That's what I was looking at. Contains several detailed maps of the regions the brothers were mining and locates all of their assay points in mines. Notes on the payout of each mine is listed. It appears that all of them have been played out without imparting any particularly rich loads. Several pages near the end of the ledger have been torn out. I wonder if that was the toilet paper ones. Uh Uh-huh. So the bags... Seven burlap sacks. Five of them are stuffed with gold. You estimate are worth about a thousand gold pieces each. The last two actually hold gold nuggets and are worth two thousand five hundred gold pieces each. And each sack weighs forty pounds. Gonna empty these into my bag of holding and be like, nope, just empty bags, Reed. No, I'm just kidding. As you put all the bags into the bag of holding, you notice hidden behind one of the sacks is a small coffer. Ooh, uh, locked, I assume. No. Ooh. It holds 14 unkent gems the, the brothers found. Each is worth about 50 gold. Perfect. Into the bag it goes. Okay. That is everything there. You've mapped out the whole place, except for the front porch, of course. Anybody else hear that? I heard it. What does that sound? Is that the end of the episode? Oh, guys, that's the sound of our closing credits. Oh. Well, with that... Come back next time on Rise of the Rune Lords. Rise of the Rune Lords. Do we need to make a will save for that, or are we just gone now? You're just gone. Oh, oh there, there I go. I fade away.